You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Leviticus 17, verse 11. And then as you find your spot there, would you take it to Romans chapter 5? And verse 10 and 11 is what we'll read to begin our, our message tonight. Leviticus 17, 11 and Romans 5, verses 10 and 11. You know, this week I was thinking about all the many blessings that God has blessed me with. And uh, there's so many, so many things that I could just name off. And, and honestly, we could just be here all night just going through the room and, and uh, just really thanking God for His many blessings on us. You know, I'm thankful I can be a husband. I'm thankful for my wife, and, and I'm thankful for our two children. I'm thankful for a loving church family. And I'm thankful for this Bible. I'm thankful tonight for, for so many things. And uh, one of those things uh, tonight that, that, uh, that I'm thankful for is what I'll be preaching on uh, tonight, and uh, I won't reveal that yet. I will say this, August 4th, that's today, but back in August 4th, 2005 was when I trusted Christ as my Savior. And that's been 14 years ago, and I, I thank the Lord for my salvation. I th I'm thankful that Jesus loved me enough. I, I know I'm not worthy. I know I I'm, 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 don't deserve a home in heaven. I don't deserve to be with Jesus Christ forever and ever. But yet God did love me so much. And it's, I'm thankful it's nothing that I've done. But it's what Jesus has done for us. Yeah. This week I was trying to muse on what, what, how do you measure power? How do you measure power? I thought about the strongest man in the world. His name is Zydrunas Savikis. That man, I'm not going to try to repeat his name, holds the current tire deadlift, taking a tire and, and uh, flipping it over. That tire weighed 1,155 pounds. I don't know about you, but that just seems a little bit impossible to me. As for the heaviest absolute weight ever raised by a human being, the unfathomable number of 6,000 270 pounds was raised off the ground by Paul Anderson in a backlift back in 1985. That's, that's in the Guinness Book of World Records. We determine how strong somebody is by how much they can lift. We determine how smart somebody is by how much they know. Born in Boston in 1898, William James Sidis made the headlines in the early 20th century as a child prodigy with an amazing intellect. His IQ was estimated to be 50 to 100 points higher than Albert Einstein. He could read the New York Times before he was two. My son's almost two. That's just, it's not possible. <laughs> he tries to read his books, and we all know how that goes. At age six, William, his language repertoire included English, Latin, French, German, Russian, Hebrew, Turkish, and Armenian. 
At age 11, he entered Harvard University as one of the youngest students in the school's history. I don't know about you, but that's, that's a pretty smart fellow right there. I began to think of that power, and, and obviously someone who's strong, measured by how much they can lift, someone who, who knows a lot would be considered maybe the smartest person. Maybe it is this William James Sidis here. And then I began to think of all the natural, we call them natural disasters, and how powerful these storms can be. I think of earthquakes. In recorded history, the most powerful earthquake had a magnitude of 9.5. It struck Chile in 1960, and it created a tsunami. Together, the earthquake and the tsunami killed an estimated 5,700 people. That's a pretty powerful natural disaster. Speaking of tsunamis, a tsunami with a record run-up height of 1,720 feet occurred in Alaska in 1958. An earthquake along uh, the, the Fairweather Fault in Alaska loosened about 40 million cubic yards of rock high above the northeastern shore. And that, that summoned the, the tsunami there. On record, the strongest hurricane was back in 2015, Hurricane Pat, uh, Patricia. It attained the strongest one-minute sustained winds rec, uh, recorded at 215 miles an hour. I think of tornadoes, some powerful tornadoes. Obviously, in Oklahoma, there's, there's many. Uh, that's, that's the most likely place to have a tornado, so... Don't go on vacation there during the summertime. The deadliest tornado in world history was uh, in Bangladesh in 1989. It killed approximately 1,300 people. Bangladesh alone has uh, had at least 19 tornadoes kill more than 100 people in their history, almost half of the total for the rest of the world. Those are some pretty powerful natural disasters. That word power... How do we determine what is powerful, how powerful something is? Well, simply, we can determine how powerful something can be, and, and we may be amazed at all the natural disasters and how much that man can lift and uh, flip that tire and, and how much that individual knows. But yet, the one thing that never ceases to amaze me is the power of something that we sang about tonight. Tonight, I'd like to preach on there is power in the blood. There's something more powerful than any natural disaster any man could, could ever muster up. And that power comes from the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful tonight that there is power in the blood. But how do we prove that this blood is so powerful? And uh, I'd like to take just a few moments to explain and, and to prove to you tonight how powerful the blood of Christ is. Some proofs of the power of the blood. We're, we're going to begin here in Leviticus chapter 17. Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11, the Bible says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh atonement for your soul. Turn over with me to Romans chapter 5 and verse 10. The Bible says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Verse 11, And not only so, but we also joy in God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement, that blood atonement. Heavenly Father, I, I do pray in these few moments that we have left of this service, God, that you would use me tonight. I pray that our hearts would be open. God, this message tonight, I pray that it would move us, that it would motivate us to live more for you. God, I pray that uh, we would truly try to grasp, which is, I think, impossible, but we do our best to grasp how powerful the blood of Christ is. Lord, would you use this message tonight and speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The proofs of the power of the blood. Number one, why is this blood so powerful? Number one, it, it revives us. The blood of Christ revives us. Think about that word. That word revive, to make alive, meaning that something had to be dead and then brought back to life. That's an impossible task. You can't do that. But the blood of Jesus Christ is so powerful that it revives us. In John 6, 53, uh, Jesus here, he's at uh, the, the Lord's Supper. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Ephesians 2, 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. To quicken means to make alive. It's to revive. The blood of Jesus Christ is so powerful tonight because it does make alive that which was dead. We were the ones who were dead. We were dead in trespasses and sins. But Christ, His blood shed, was able to give us the ability to come back alive, to live again. We see in John chapter 11 the account of Lazarus who was dead for four days. And even... The disciples thought, man, this, it's not even worth going, Jesus. You're already too late. Mary and Martha are already mourning for their brother. Lazarus is dead. Jesus had to plainly tell his disciples because they thought, oh, maybe he's just taking a nap. Uh, Lord, let him sleep. Sleep is good. But Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And at the word of his mouth, Jesus Christ was able to raise Lazarus from the dead. An impossible feat. Someone who was dead. Someone who was so dead that he stunk. But Jesus had enough power and through his blood he, uh, he was able to even raise us up who was dead in trespasses and sins. Number one, that proof tonight that the, there is power in the blood. Number one, it revives us. Number two, it redeems us. The blood of Jesus Christ redeems us. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7 says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Colossians mirrors that verse in uh, chapter 1 and verse 14. In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. 1 Peter 1.18 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, for your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. That word redeemed tonight, it means to buy back. We were bought back. We were recovered. We were cleared. 
by the payment that Jesus gave to us, and that was through His blood. Jared and I were soul winning this week on Thursday, and the Lord allowed us to lead two individuals uh, to Christ. And one thing that Jared told that that young man uh, that he was talking to at his door, he said, you know, for us, it's, it's easy to receive salvation. It's easy for us to have a home in heaven because all we have to do is receive. All we have to do is receive that wonderful gift of salvation. But you know, it wasn't so easy for Christ. Christ had to go through that redemption process. It wasn't easy for him. And as we had partake, uh, partook of the Lord's Supper tonight, how Jesus' body was broken, how he went through all that torment, how he shed his blood willingly so that he can redeem mankind. Through that precious blood, he went through a whole lot of suffering to give us salvation. There was a boy who, who made a boat out of his two hands. I don't that's probably a little difficult for me, but this boy had done it. And he made this boat, and he was so proud of it, and he took it down to the river. And he put it in the water there, and he tied it to a string and just let it sail on and, and uh, wash his boat. And man, he was so proud of that boat, and it was, it was floating on the water there. But all of a sudden, that boat had got caught in a, turrent, uh, a current there, and the current was so strong that it broke the string, and the boat went down the river. That little boy was frantic, man, that, that boat that he had made with his own two hands was now free and it was going down uh, that river bank there. And he tried as much as he could to run and run down that shore, but it was to no avail. The, the, the night came and, and that little boy could not find that boat that had float, floated off in the river. He was so discouraged and so upset, man, he had invested his time in making that boat. He enjoyed his time seeing that boat there floating in the water, what it was made to do. But now that boat is gone. It's lost. And there's no finding it. That next morning when the boy was on his way to school, he saw in a, a storefront window there his boat. And he saw that boat there and he said, you know, that, that's my boat. And he ran into the store owner and he, and he said, sir, that boat right there, I made that boat. That boat is mine. And the store owner said, well, I'm sorry, but, but it's, it was sold to us this morning, and you're going to have to buy it for a dollar if you want the boat. So that little boy, he went back home. He, he looked through his piggy bank to find all that he could, and he mustered up one dollar exactly. So he ran back to the store, and he, he went to that store owner there, and he said, here it is, one dollar for my boat. And he gave, gave the man that one dollar, and he got his boat back. That little boy holding that boat in his hands and looking down at that boat he bought, he said, you are mine twice. First I made you, and now I bought you. And you know, that's what God has done for us. He made us, but we messed it up, man. We, 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 lost, we got lost in sin, and, and we, we became dead in trespasses and sin. But, man, God loved us so much that he didn't want to see him floating off in that river forever and ever and, 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 and condemned to die um, a, a devil's, in a devil's hell. Yet he purchased us again. He made us. He purchased us with his precious blood. He redeemed us. He bought us back. Number three... 
The proof of the power of the blood is it removes our sin. Aren't you glad for the removal of your sin tonight? Hebrews 9.22, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission of sins. And that's exactly what Jesus' blood did for us, that perfect blood. Hebrews 10, uh, 10 says, By which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oft times the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man... After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected for them that are sanctified. First John 1 John 1.7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Isaiah 1.18, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. We sang some songs tonight about that power of the blood. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil of victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And it's still the blood that saves from sin. It's still the blood that cleanses within. From the highest star in heaven to the depths of the sea. It's still the blood of Jesus that brings victory to me. You know, when our sins were removed from us, it was removed as far away as possible. The Bible says in Psalm 103, verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. You know, your sins tonight have been forgiven and have been forgotten by God. Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Hebrews 10, 17, in their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Number four tonight, and my last proof that there is still power in the blood. Number four, it reconciles us. The blood of Christ reconciles us. Because of our sin, our fellowship with God has been broken. Isaiah says, but your iniquities, they have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. We understand that when Adam, back in Genesis, when God created Adam and Eve, they had perfect, can you imagine, perfect fellowship with God. I mean that song that we sing, And he walks with me, and he talks with me, And he tells me I am his own, And the joy we share as we tarry there, None other has ever known. Can you imagine Adam and Eve just walking in the garden? 
fellowshipping with God. But they forsook that. They ruined it. They sinned. And when sin entered, that fellowship with God was broken. But Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye whom were, so, were sometimes were far off, are made nigh, brought close by the blood of Christ. Christ satisfies that holiness and the justice of God. Adam, because he broke fellowship with God, he was kicked out of the garden. And, and because of that one sin that entered into the world, we all have sin. We all have that sin nature. And we cannot satisfy that, that uh, justice of God. Because we've sinned, the justice of God cannot allow us into heaven. We simply cannot get there on our own. But Christ had made it possible. Romans 5.8, But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. For if... When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Why is this blood so powerful tonight? Well, there's, there's those four reasons that I gave you. But yet... I think the main reason, and I know the main reason, and it's not we look at the blood, it's not that we worship the blood alone, but we worship the one of whose blood it is. And that's where the power lies, because the power of the blood comes from the power of Christ. It's so powerful because of whose blood it is. Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given me in heaven and in earth. Jesus Christ, the Savior, our Lord, He's the one who has all power. And it's because of that blood that He shed, we can have the victory tonight. We can have salvation tonight. We can be redeemed. We can be reconciled. We can be brought nigh to God. We can have our sins removed because of that precious blood that Jesus shed for us. The blood will never lose its power. The blood will never lose its power. However, fortunately, and this is application, will be done after this. Fortunately, we can hide the power of the blood in our lives. For those who've had that precious blood applied, could I ask you, is the power of the blood evident in your life? Physically speaking, the anatomy of our bodies, we have blood in our bodies that gives us life. The only reason we can move and we can breathe and we can uh, have life is simply because we have that blood that's being pumped through our bodies. Leviticus 17.11, as I read at the beginning, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. Our blood doesn't just stay in one place. It's pumped through our bodies, through our heart, that organ that keeps that, the blood flowing. And it gives life to all our members. We can have strength in our arms. We can have strength in our hands, our feet, our legs, our eyes, our ears. And, and, and we can fully function because of that blood that's within us, physically speaking. Spiritually speaking, 
the blood of Christ should freely flow through our beings. The blood of Christ should give life to all our members. As the song goes, Oh yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the King. His royal blood now flows in my veins. If you're saved tonight, if you've had that blood atoned and applied to your account, you have the blood of Christ flowing through your veins. But could I ask you the question tonight, is that blood evident in your life? 1 Corinthians 6 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? You are bought with the price. Therefore glorify your God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You know, often the times, uh, the, the, the reason why we don't exhibit the power of the blood that's within us is simply because of the condition of our heart. After all, our heart is the, is the organ that's responsible for, for getting that, that blood flowing to every area of our body. And if our heart is not right with God, the blood of Jesus Christ may not go to every member in our body. We may not please God in every area of our life. How about your heart? Is it right with God? Would you ask Christ in today? Is it black with sin? Or is it pure within? Would you ask Christ in to stay? People often see you as you are outside. Jesus really knows you, for He sees inside. How about your heart? Is it right with God? That's the thing that counts today. Friend, how would you feel if your heart were made with a window on each side so that all could see not just outward charm, but detect if inward harm? How about your heart tonight? Are you allowing that blood of Christ to flow to every area of your life? What are your hands doing? Where are your feet going? What are your eyes seeing? What are your, your ears hearing? God, I don't, I don't ever want my hands to do something that's not pleasing to you. God, I don't ever want to go to a place that's not pleasing to you. God, I don't ever want to put anything evil in front of my eyes because I know it's not pleasing to you. God, I don't want to listen to anything that's going to displease you, that's going to go against your word. God, would you allow the blood of Christ to flow through me flow through my life so people can see that it's, it's not just out, outward charm, but hey, I've got Christ in my heart and it's just coming out because I allow Christ's blood to flow through me. Does the life that I live show others that I've been revived, that I've been redeemed, reconciled, cleansed from sin? I close with this last verse of There's Power in the Blood. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. Philippians says, being confident of this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. Maybe there's someone here tonight that has never experienced the power of the blood simply because you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. Could I encourage you tonight to trust Christ, to allow Jesus' blood that He gave, that He gave for an atonement for our sin. Would you trust Him tonight? 
I remember that time 14 years ago at a youth camp when I trusted Christ as my Savior. I can honestly say that changed my life completely. And I wasn't a new man all at once. There were some things I had to get right. There were some things that I had to clean up in my life, but I had, I had Jesus Christ and the power of His blood to help me with that. But tonight I wonder, are we living for God like we should? Or is there an area where we're not allowing the blood of Christ to flow freely? There's power in the blood tonight. I'm thankful that it saves us. I'm thankful it removes our sin and it redeems us. God bought us back. But I wonder tonight about our heart. Are we allowing our heart to pump like it should? To do the job that it should so Christ can be magnified in us and through us? That's my prayer tonight. I hope it's yours. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.